When we moved from Aruba to Sweden, we weren't really sure what to do with our home in Aruba. We didn't want to sell the space that had so many memories and offered us a place to stay when we returned to the island. But what else could we do after moving internationally? That's when my husband came up with a brilliant plan. We can become hosts on Airbnb. Since starting this, I can officially say my husband had the best idea ever. The process of getting our property on Airbnb was so easy. We were able to ask other hosts for tips and got a lot of great feedback. And actually, we still get tons of good feedback and we're constantly improving our space. And Airbnb is really flexible. You just choose the dates you want to host. So if you don't have a full-time rental property like us, that's perfect too. Hosting on Airbnb is great for anyone who frequently travels or has the extra space or has a seasonal house or even someone who always goes away at the same time of year for family traditions or work events. We all know the cost of living is excessive right now, so you can get more out of your space when you host on Airbnb. The added income has been so important for my family and has given my husband a project to manage that he genuinely enjoys. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. And when I say it's time for a brand new episode, I mean it's a brand new episode. I'm talking to you from a brand new continent. I am officially back in Aruba. I'm in the Caribbean. My view is no longer forest and lake, but cacti and mango trees and blue sky and it's 100 degrees here and it's just it's it everything feels brand new even though it's kind of old it's just it's been a lot <laughs> okay <laughs> this past week it's been a lot i mean we landed here in aruba a week ago in one week's time i had to leave my dog behind we had to leave ringo in sweden it's been a whole ordeal. It's kind of hard for me to talk about, but that happened. We packed up and left Sweden completely, which was also a whole ordeal. We flew across the Atlantic. We've moved into a new rental and trying to unpack and nest here, which also means it kind of feels like we're back or I, I'm not going to say we, because Dennis is not joining me in this, but I am back in this mold panic because we're back with our old stuff and furniture, even though everything has been cleaned times 5 million, I, I'm still back in that frame of mind of like, I don't know anymore. You know, Leia has gotten really sick. She has an ear infection. I have spoken to an animal psychic. <laughs> I've practiced yoga every day back in our yoga studio. I've been working a lot. It's just been like, it's been a week. Okay. It's been a week. So I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. It's been a week and it's been one of those roller coaster weeks where I've had days where I've felt complete despair, like where I cried all day and I didn't want to be here. And then days where I feel fantastic being here and I'm so grateful and happy. And we've been to the beach and it's warm and it's nice. And then it's been terrible again. And I'm just, um, <laughs> I'm having a week. Okay. I hope you are having a more grounded and calm week than I am. But in case you're not, I just feel like collectively, even when we are pretty grounded, things all around us are fairly uncertain and chaotic right now. There's so much happening in the world every day. I mean, who else feels this way? Every day we get a new terrible piece of news. And I know that's true. Like they reversed Roe versus Wade 
in Texas, and now it's illegal to get an abortion after six weeks. I mean, it's like they're policing women's bodies. There is the horror happening in Afghanistan, which is just so hard to not think about all the time. There's been a Category 5 hurricane. I mean, I think about Haiti. I think about Syria. I think about... It's just, it's just, it's just a lot. Okay. I think about the climate crisis, like at several points of the day, I wonder, you know, I wonder what is our future going to be like? So it's, it's interesting because even in the times when personally, maybe we are feeling fairly solid, there is so much accelerating out there in the world and we get fed bad information, hard information, terrible information, every single day that we shouldn't close our eyes to, but we should also, or I think it would be good if we found ways to have that trickle in in a calm manner so we don't feel completely overwhelmed. And my week in one word is just overwhelmed, overwhelmed. So wherever you are, I know (laughs) just like me, you could use a, a moment of grounding right now. So if you're already having a very grounded and peaceful day, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Don't take that calm for granted and enjoy this short meditation practice just to help you go a level deeper, right? If you're having a chaotic day or a stressed out day or a sad day, or if you're overwhelmed like me, whether that overwhelm comes from the news from the outside world, or if it's coming from inside of you or circumstances around your own personal life, take this moment to settle a little bit, or maybe to allow just one thing to settle. So if you have your legs crossed, I mean, if you're sitting down, uncross the legs and firmly plant the soles of both both feet down to the ground. And uh, wiggle your feet around a little bit. This is good to do barefoot, just to take a moment to really identify our connection to earth. So you can wiggle your toes, move your feet side to side, front to back, left to right. And then settle the toes down onto the earth and really ground them there for a moment. If you feel safe closing the eyes, if that's helpful, then close the eyes. Otherwise, keep them just softly open. And we'll let the breath flow in and out of the nose for this practice. In and out of the nose. And as you're breathing those regular breaths of yours, so the same breaths you were breathing before you started listening to this podcast, the regular breath, the way the breath is already naturally moving through you in this moment. Notice if they're even. Notice if the inhale is as long as the exhale, if the exhale is as long as the inhale. Or if one side of the breath feels a little bit different than the other. And it likely does. Often that's the case. Oftentimes we spend more time and we have more energy around the inhale than we do the exhale. And the exhale is our trigger to drop into the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us let go and calm down. And the inhale, it's like we're always assimilating information, bringing things in, picking things up, holding on to stuff. And it's natural for us to have an inhale that's longer than the exhale, especially if we're feeling stressed, especially if we're having a hard time, especially if you've just watched the news. 
So that doesn't have to be the case. But if that's the case, just notice that about yourself. Notice that, oh yeah, my inhale tends to be a little longer than my exhale or whichever way it is right now. And see if perhaps just through recognizing that, if that on its own, without you having to try, if it invites a little more space for that exhale. So you breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. We take our time breathing at your own cadence, your own rhythm. And just slowly, slowly, we start to wind down. And it's okay if your mind is super busy. (laughs) Mine is. (laughs) It's okay if your body feels tense or tight, or if you're in pain somewhere physically right now, that's okay. It's okay if you're feeling a lot of emotions. It's okay if you're feeling a hard feeling right now, if you're resentful or angry or upset. It's okay if you're really happy. If in the midst of all the chaos, you're feeling really good, that's okay too. You just take a moment to fully and wholly allow the breath to be as it is. To allow the body to be as it is. To allow the mind to be the way the mind is. And to allow the heart to feel everything your heart is feeling right now. So the point of this practice isn't to arrive at a certain place where all of a sudden we feel more calm or we feel more grounded. The point of the practice is to allow the space we're already in and through that allowing, through that acceptance, we ground into the present moment. And that's how these practices actually work. It's not striving for a sense of grounding, right? It's accepting where we are. It's dropping that resistance to everything that we're trying to keep at bay. Allowing ourselves to be the way we are. We stop resisting life. And in that, when we drop the resistance, we automatically tether ourselves to the earth. Automatically, we drop into the here and now. And we can actually experience life from this moment, from this place. So less from the mind, less from worry, less from thinking, and more through our genuine presence, that felt sense of presence that allows you to experience the beauty and the pain that is this life. So that sense of grounding we often feel at the end of a meditation practice or maybe at the end of these short little sessions we do sometimes at the beginning of this podcast or after Shavasana at the end of a yoga class, or whatever it is that helps you ground, right? That feeling of grounding, it's a byproduct of you having been in your body. That's it. So just letting that resonate in the body, feeling the wave of that recognition that 
You're actually here now. No matter what life brought you before, no matter what may or may not come next, you're here now. And now is what matters. Now is what truly counts. And here we are. For your next few breaths, consciously let your exhales become longer than the inhale. Take your time to really slow the release of the breath out, down. Elongate the exhale. Take your time. And again, feel the connection of the soles of the feet grounding to the earth. Hmm. For me, this feeling in my body right now, I could stay here forever. Just here with my eyes closed, breathing this long exhale. Inside of myself, I can sense this, this shift. A little, almost like a little tickle of a butterfly in my belly, actually. A little bit of excitement there, but I feel present now. And if I glance at my podcast recorder, we are not even 13 minutes into this podcast. So probably 10 minutes of practice now, 10 minutes. And I feel present in my body. Like I've arrived, like I'm here 10 minutes. Hmm. It's funny how easy it is to forget that we have this ability to drop right in. Everything else feels so much more urgent and so much more important. And we can do this a hundred times a day if we need to. <laughs> we can. Maybe a hundred is a lot, but you get my gist. <laughs> so my darling, hmm. If you want to keep your eyes closed and just stay super present in the body as you listen to this show, go ahead. If you want to blink your eyes open and orient around the space, feel free. Ah, hi. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. 
Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. I feel a lot of joy all of a sudden. It was like in my body or in that exhale, there was some joy waiting for me beneath that overwhelm that I've been feeling all week long. There's some joy, there's some excitement, and I'm, uh, I'm happy about that. So uh, we've had some heartache this week. We've had some excitement. Leaving Sweden ended up being fairly chaotic. I don't know. It felt kind of like we were leaving things behind. Like I, I didn't bring a single pair, item of clothing to Aruba. I have three pairs of yoga pants. Those are all the yoga pants I own. I have a brown pair. <laughs> I have a lingonberry colored pair, like a pink one. <laughs> and I have a black pair. Those are the pants I own. And I brought them because I know I, I want to practice when I'm here. But I didn't bring any, I didn't bring a single t-shirt. I didn't bring any pants, like regular pants, not a dress. Like no, Because I know, like I have my Aruba clothing here. And I just, I don't know what I was imagining. I just thought like, we're, we're planning to move to Sweden eventually. So why would we bring a bunch of stuff to Aruba? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. So we packed everything up, left it in a, in my dad's garage, just a little messy. Like we had, like I've accumulated things throughout the summer, like a bathtub, <laughs> a big tub I bought for Leia so she could have a bath because the Airbnbs we were in didn't have bathtubs and she loves taking baths. Like that purchase made so much sense in April and now it's September and I'm like, why did I buy that bath? <laughs> anyway, and um, we left all of that. It was kind of a yeah chaotic last couple of days. And then the big thing that happened was that we had to live, leave Ringo behind in Sweden. And Ringo is my Italian greyhound, my dog, my puppy, my baby. If you follow me at all, you know that like... <laughs> I don't want to compare my actual human live daughter to Ringo, but I mean, they're kind of comparable. 
I hope she never grows old and listens to this listens to this podcast. But I mean, Ringo is my he's my baby. He's my baby. Anyone who's an animal parent, like who has that deep connection to their animal, like you know that feeling. Like he's my baby and Ringo travels everywhere with us. He's never been away from me. I mean, he hasn't. For our honeymoon, he was at my dad's and it was terrible. He ran away. He was like, he immediately ran away and was gone for nine hours. He was gone for an entire day. My dad didn't want to tell me that Ringo had run away because he thought he would never come back. And he was like trying to fix the situation with a solution at hand before he told me that Ringo was gone. And then Ringo came back. All of this. I mean, it was just, that's the one time we left him and he immediately ran. So now just to make a, I don't want to bring any drama into the story, but the drama is I will never again willingly fly KLM. Okay. That's the drama. And KLM is the one airline we are always overjoyed to fly because we've never had problems with them. It's also the only airline. There's one like worse airline that flies Amsterdam Aruba. KLM is like the one that's the one plane you take. Um, it's, it's our only option getting to Aruba from Amsterdam and, and back to Amsterdam from Aruba. And, you know, we've been like, you know, flying blue members for a decade. Like we've really been committed to KLM and we love KLM. And after this whole ordeal, like I will never again willingly fly with them. I will have to fly with them again because otherwise I won't be able to leave this island. Right. But I will never again, like choose them on a, if I have other airlines to choose from, it was terrible. I mean, so Ringo's a little heavy. He's a little heavier than he used to be. He's an Italian greyhound, but after we neuter him and he's kind of getting a little older, he's gotten a little chunky. Okay. So he's a little bit too heavy to fly in a carrier on the plane. And to bring him to Sweden, I basically, it was like a hail Mary. Like, I I don't know how I finoodled him onto the plane. I had to like beg and cry the check-in desk people to let him go. And it was really like, okay, you know, and she even said like, this dog lives in Sweden. Now you're not going to get him on the plane to go back. He's too heavy. And my thought was, we'll just, I'm just going to run with him a lot. Like he's going to lose some weight and he'll be fine. I was kind of thinking that sounds like a problem for future Rachel. That is not current Rachel's problem. Like future Rachel will figure this out and get Ringo back to Aruba. Well, future Rachel figured it out, but not in like the best way. So the thing we, we ended up doing is we got him a crate and we ended up planning to fly him in the pet hold of the plane. So there is like the cargo section of a plane where all the luggage goes. And then on the airplanes, there is this pet hold, which is similar to cargo, but it's like temperature controlled. It's also the lighting is controlled in there. So if you have like an overnight flight, they drop the lighting down in the night. Um, It's of course pressurized and like all these things, pressure control. Like it's basically like flying in cabin, but it's for the dogs. And supposedly it... (laughs) It's, it's very safe. It's supposed to be very safe. And I have been terrified of the idea of putting any of our dogs ever going, you know, in a crate under the plane. But now I felt like, okay, maybe this is not going to be a big deal at all. Like if Ringo likes this crate, we can get him used to a crate. We'll just check him in. He'll go in pet hold. We'll see him in Amsterdam. It's a two hour flight to Amsterdam. And then it's like a quick little 11 hour flight <laughs> to Aruba. And he's going to have a hard first 20 minutes when you depart, right. And all the like hustling and bustle of stuff. And, uh, after that, he's going to calm down and he will sleep. Like I was really telling myself, this is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So we call the airline, we get the measurements, we get all the information. We first confirm that he can actually fly with us in pet hold. They confirm it. And then we go and buy a crate after the measurements that KLM provided us. So we, we really like did our due diligence here. 
And then we spent about two weeks getting Ringo really used to the crate with special blankets in there, giving him treats in there. He loved the crate right away. Like he made it into his home. Like he was just, he would just willingly spend all day in there. Like he really loved, I think he just felt really safe. He likes to snuggle in smaller spaces. So he just really loved it. And uh, we called to double check that Ringo is confirmed. He's confirmed. We had like three check-ins with them about Ringo. Every time he's confirmed, he's on the plane. And then a couple days before the flight, we called just to double check that we have vegan food, which is one of those things that if you're vegan, you get used to like triple checking with your airline that they don't forget to feed you for a long flight because that sucks. And as we do, this lady on the other end is like, hmm, I can see here. Uh, yeah, your vegan food is confirmed. Um, you're, you are supposed to travel with a dog. And then we're like, uh, we're not, we're not supposed to, like, we are traveling with a dog. He's like, oh yeah, he's been canceled. Yeah. He's, he's not approved to fly anymore. And we're like, what? They didn't tell us. We didn't get an email. We didn't get a phone call, nothing. And I'm like, wait, so we would have just shown up three days from now with our dog and you would have denied him at check-in. Like that would have been, I mean, and we had a 6am flight, you know, it's like up at four in the morning, one of those like crazy red eye mornings. And she was like, yeah, um, there's a COVID issue. There's a COVID regulation where you can no longer fly with a pet in pet hold if you have a layover that's longer than three hours. And your layover, unfortunately, it's three hours and 25 minutes. And we're like, why didn't they tell us that in the, from the beginning? Like, why would we have gone through all of this for these weeks, buying the crate, training him for the crate, paying for him to be in pet hold? Like, why didn't they tell us? She's like, I don't know. Maybe it slipped through the cracks. They, they Maybe they didn't know. And we're like, okay, so what do we do? And we were back and forth with them. And then finally, this KLM person tells us, okay, what you have to do, the best bet is that one of you flies the day before. And you go to Amsterdam, you split up the flights, you take Ringo, one of you, and then spend the night in Amsterdam and then rejoin the next flight the next day. And we're like, okay, fine, we'll do that. So Dennis agrees to go the day before, you know, which is a pain. He has to like stay at a hotel and you know, travel without us. And it's like two trips to the airport. Like it's not ideal, but like for Ringo, of course, we're going to do that. So we plan that they change our flight. And then the next day, as we call to confirm that Ringo is on the plane, like we don't want to leave anything to chance. They're like, yeah, no, sorry. He was denied for this one too. And we're like, why, why would he, you told us to do this. And then it was like a whole thing. And finally like, no, there's no way he can't go on the plane. There's no option. He cannot fly. So we like, we're resigned to like, fuck, okay, we have to figure this out. Okay, just just put him back on the original flight so that Dennis flies with us. And here KLM goes, yeah, you're going to have to pay for a new flight. <laughs> My head like exploded. I'm like, wait, like you, you have, we had two representatives give us faulty information, tell us the wrong thing. And then you choose to rebook our flight. Like you were the one who decided to do this. You were the one who told us to do this. You rebook our flights so we can bring our dog. And then you telling me we can't bring our dog anyway. And we have to pay for a new flight to get my husband to fly with to fly with us. Like, yeah, th that was it. Like we, we had to escalate this into like a huge issue. It was just terrible. I mean, this is like the worst customer service I've ever had. I don't like to complain about stuff like bad customer service and travel and stuff. There's so many truly heartbreaking things happening in the world. And I always feel like just a privileged little asshole whenever I complain about stuff that in the big scheme of things doesn't matter. But I also feel like fucking KLM, come on. <laughs> you can do better than this. Like this is bullshit. This shouldn't happen to other people. Anyway, done venting. 
A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So we just had to decide like, okay, Ringo can't go. And I'm thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? Should I cancel this flight altogether, which means we lose the flight. And then I buy a brand new flight to fly through the US because I could take him on like American Airlines or United, but like we can't afford that. That's crazy. I mean, I would lose the flight that we've already paid for and I would have to buy a whole new flight, Sweden, Aruba, which is so expensive. So it really like wasn't really an option either. And I'm just like racking my brain. Like, how am I going to figure this out? Can I sneak him on board? Can I put him in the carrier and not tell anybody he's there? Like I was like, you know, finally I had this feeling like, wait, what if this is a sign (laughs) for me? Like all my big dilemmas come down to like, what if this is a sign? What if this is a sign? What if something would have happened to him in pet hold? Like what if he would have had like an anxiety attack so bad that he's completely traumatized and he's never the same again? Like maybe that that's a legit thing that could happen. Like he's never flown under a plane. He's kind of an anxious dog already. So I just started telling myself, like, maybe this is meant to be, right? And then I had a dream. Oh, I, sh- I like shudder just thinking about this dream. I dreamt we landed in Aruba. We go to the belt, you know, the belt where you pick up your luggage, which is not how you pick up a dog. If you've had a dog flying in pet hold, by the way, you, they don't come out on the luggage belt. But in my dream, we were at the luggage belt waiting for Ringo to come out of the hole and onto the belt. And then finally the crate comes and I'm like so nervous. And how is he doing? And my little baby... And I open the door to the crate and he's dead inside. Oh God. Okay. I have to shake this energy off. I mean, I dreamt that. And it was like one of those like hyperventilate in the middle of the night, like panicky dreams. So all of this combined led me to like, okay, you know what? He's not supposed to go. Like this is the universe trying to give me a sign that he's not supposed to fly under the plane. Okay. So he's going to stay in Sweden. I asked my brother for help. My brother is the sweetest guy. He has a farm. He has another dog, a big dog that's, whose name is Hammer, who Ringo knows really, really well. And Ringo knows this farm. He knows my brother's house. He knows my brother. He's watched him before. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be, it's not going to be great. 
because I have to leave my baby behind for like three and a half months. Ringo's never been away from me. And I've never been away from him, right? So it's, but I'm telling myself, this is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So in the morning as we're going to the airport, I have to say goodbye to him. And he knows, like just the way he looks at me. Like we're packing our bags in the morning, just doing the last packing. We were staying at my brother's house. And normally when we pack bags, he gets really like he knows we're traveling. So he will follow me around like a little shadow everywhere I go. He will even lie in my suitcase. Like it's like he's making sure, like don't leave without me. You know, he knows when we're traveling the whole morning. We're like, you know, moving around with our luggage and all this stuff. He didn't move. So the whole entire time he's lying on a couch, like on a little blanket and just watching me, just, just looking at me with his look. Like he knows we're leaving him behind. He knew the whole time. It was just... It was just heartbreaking. And as we're leaving, I was like trying to prepare him because I believe when I talk to him, he listens. I'm one of those crazy dog people who really believes like I can communicate with my dog. I know he gets it. Like he feels my energy. He can feel my feelings. I can feel his feelings. Like we have really like a soul contract, me and this, this Italian greyhound. And I'm telling him, Ringo, I love you so much. You're my baby. I love you. I'm not leaving you behind. You're going to stay with Ludwig for three and a half months and then mama's coming right back to get you so we're just going to Aruba for a little while and we'll be back soon you know I'm just telling him we'll be back soon we'll be back soon stay here stay with Ludwig don't run away (laughs) that's the last thing I told him don't run away stay here stay safe I'll be back soon and I love you and then I left and it was like oh my god Leia was crying it was like a whole thing and then I left we get on the plane everything's fine. Like plane wise, like everything's fine. We get on the plane to Aruba and it was like a crazy long flight. It was 12 hours because we had to go to Bonaire first and wait on the plane for new people to board. And then we went to Aruba. So we were 12 hours on this flight. The flight is chill. Leia's happy. And I just have this feeling in the pit of my stomach the whole way. Something's not right. Like, you know that, you know, you know, something's going on somewhere in the world and something's not right. Something's just not right. And I don't know why, because the flight's fine. There was no turbulence. Leia's happy. Dennis is happy. Everything's fine. And I'm just like sitting there with this feeling like something's not right. And I start thinking like, maybe we shouldn't have gone back to Aruba. Like all these signs were showing me we shouldn't go back to Aruba. And now we're on this plane and Ringo is here. We get to Aruba. We get to the luggage belt, right? I turn on my phone and I get 51 messages from people in my immediate family telling me, Ringo's gone. <laughs> like I'm laughing now, like I'm laugh crying about it now. Like I'm still so upset that this happened and reading these messages. It's like, I'm reading them from the top. Like I'm scrolling back, like trying to, because it was so erratic, like different group chats and different this. And then people who aren't in my family who was like, like everyone's in panic and Ringo's gone. Ringo's missing. And I'm sitting here waiting for our luggage. Leia was asleep because, of course, we were six hours off. We landed at 6 p.m. So it was midnight for her. So she's asleep on top of me as we're like waiting for the luggage. And I'm just staring at my phone in shock, like in complete shock. Like Ringo's gone. Ringo's gone. Ringo's gone. And I'm already in my head like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to be on tomorrow morning's like the next flight. I'm just going to like turn around with this plane. Like I'm going to go right back to Sweden immediately. Like leave Leia with Dennis and I go like, what is going on? (laughs) 
the worst part is, I mean, it's not the worst part, but so my dad was also involved. Like, so my brother and my dad, they live really close to each other. And then Angela, who is one of our closest friends who also works within the company of yoga girl. She's our COO. She's like one of our most important people in life. She also lives really close to my brother. There's like a little cluster of important people in our lives that live close to each other, which is not in a big city. It's close to Sweden's first city, like the, the oldest city in Sweden. And, but it's all kind of countryside and it's like, you know, farm-ish. And then there's this kind of big road in Sweden. We call it a landsväg. So it's not a highway. It's not like one of these massive highways, but it's a big road. It's only a two-lane road, but people drive fast on this, on this road. That kind of divides the farm. And it's close to my brother's house, right? So all of a sudden, <laughs> what's happening is that all the people I know who are in this area are all texting me because they're all involved in rescue operation Ringo, right? <laughs> so it took a long time for me to even get to the place where I found out that Ringo's safe, right? Because we were on the plane for 12 hours. So in the span of that, probably when I had all of that anxiety, Ringo took off, was gone for three to four, depending on who you ask. If you ask my brother, he was only gone for an hour and a half. If you ask my dad, he was gone for four hours. So I'm going to go ahead and say, probably the truth is like three, <laughs> two and a half. I don't know. A long time for a dog to be lost at night in the cold next to a, a big road, right? And it took a long time for me to sort through all this information to find out that he came back, right? So I had like, it felt like 20 minutes of trauma. I mean, really of like, like disassociating, like leaving my body, like Ringo's dead, thinking Ringo's dead. And then my dad has sent me all these messages and my dad, I almost like, I can't talk about my dad without talking about his astrological chart my dad is the scorpio of all scorpios like he has a grand grand trine and fire he has so many planets placed in scorpio it's just bizarre like he's a highly emotional person but under the surface and he really likes to stir the pot <laughs> like he likes drama but you know so when something bad is happening and he doesn't do this consciously, right? He has a tendency to exaggerate the bad. It's just like, it's, and I look at his birth chart and I'm like, I get why he is this way. Like, this is who he is. So what he does is send me several videos that were filmed during the, the looking for Ringo, during the part of the process before Ringo was found. So he's sending me those videos, but I, I, I don't know that he's alive yet. And I have to look... <laughs> look through several minutes of like search and rescue <laughs> videos. <laughs> I'm just laughing at this now because who does this? <laughs> I have to sit through several minutes of this before I get to the place of Ringo's safe. He's found. He came back, right? <laughs> and I think about this and I'm like, if this was me in a reverse situation, before I reach out to the person who is going to drop dead if they find out that their dog is gone, like that's me, like I'm going to pass out at the airport and die if something's happened to Ringo. Before I send all the information and all the content and all the videos describing the panic ensuing, I would lead with, hey, just so you know, we have Ringo. He's safe. Everything is fine. And then I would follow that up with, here's what happened, right? But my dad doesn't do that. He does it the other way, the other way around. <laughs> and it's just, it wasn't funny then, like sitting at the airport, like I was, I thought I was going to faint. I was like white as a ghost holding Leia, like, 
you know, not able to breathe. But anyway, so <laughs> it's just <sighs> parents, you know. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. Anyway, so what had happened was the first day we left, like we just got to the airport. Apparently my brother had a dinner. He was supposed to go to dinner with a friend, like a friend who was in from LA that he never sees. And it was like a hard thing for him, like an important thing. He was going to go to Stockholm for this dinner. And he was thinking like, shit, this is like bad timing that this is happening on Ringo's first day. He could leave Ringo and Hammer, who's the other dog. He could just leave them home. Like you can leave your dog home for a couple of hours while you go to dinner. No big deal. But out of care right? He wanted to bring him somewhere where there was a person so that he would feel more safe, right? So my brother, I feel so terrible for him because I know, and he's not letting it show, like he's the kind of person who like doesn't share a whole lot of emotion. He is he, not letting it show how hard this was for him, but I know it was a, it was a whole ordeal for him. But out of care, he brings the two dogs to one of his friends that lives really close by. It's like just across the road, and it's someone who Hammer, the other dog, knows really well. He like often leaves Hammer there. It's a really cozy house, a really nice guy, like super loving guy. So he's really thinking like the dogs will, they'll, they'll be, they'll, they'll have a better evening here because there's people who love on them, you know. But what actually happened is that he took Ringo on his first day without his family and dropped him in a strange house with strange people. <laughs> and Ringo was like, fuck this. <laughs> So, so in the middle of the evening, he opened the door just to go outside and Ringo just like, he just bolted. And I've seen Ringo bolt before. Like when Ringo bolts, you have no chance in hell. Like nobody, you can't, catch. he's an Italian greyhound. Like running is what he does. You have no chance catching an Italian greyhound that does not want to be caught, right? He just bolts and he takes off. And of course, this became a whole thing. He's gone for hours. They had to bring down, and I found this out later. 
I mean, I can't believe I'm laughing. They had to bring down trucks and cars and park in the middle of this road with hazard lights on to make people slow down because people drive so fast on this road. And Ringo was going down this massive, like kind of highway-esque road. All these people are involved. My dad had to leave his kids and he has little babies. He has a one and a half year old a four-year-old and a six-year-old. He had to leave them home alone, like with my sister who was there right at bedtime to go with his wife to like go help out in the middle of the night in the evening. And like Angela and her family are there. and She's sending her husband down with like massive flashlights. Like it was like a whole, like they brought people from the company into help. It was like a whole fucking search and rescue thing going on, right? Meanwhile, like my dad has this idea, like I have to call Rachel. If Rachel picks up and Ringo hears Rachel's voice on speaker, he's going to come back, which never would have worked because he was like, he was gone. Like they could see him hundreds of meters away, just running, you know, as fast as he could. And he's done this before, right? He did it when we went on our honeymoon with my dad. So it's one of those things that like, I I don't know how many times, I mean, the only thing I told my brother, like, make sure he doesn't run away, make sure he doesn't run away, but he's never seen him run away. And he's never been a part of a moment where he actually ran away. And he's always off leash on my brother's farm. He always listens really well. So I think for my brother, it was like, it was, it just felt like an improbable, like it would absolutely wouldn't happen. And especially not home, like two hours, he was supposed to be away or something home with this friend of his. So Ringo's gone forever. People were like crying. It was like a whole drama. And this is when I was on the plane feeling in my whole body, something is wrong, right? (laughs) Something is not right. And then all of a sudden, two and a half to four hours in, depending on like who, who you're talking to, he just came back. He just shows back up at the same house, at like my brother's friend's house. And, uh, and and he was, of course, he wasn't home. He was out on this highway, like crying. He was on an ATV going through the fields of the farm <laughs> looking for Ringo. But his sister was home. So all of a sudden Ringo shows up freezing cold. I mean, freezing like near. Oh, I don't even want to think about how cold he must have been. And she just closed the door and she's like, he's back. He's back. He came back, you know, and that was that. So. I mean, it was like a really dramatic evening, but immediately, you know, we land and this has happened. And I'm like, I know with every fiber of my being, this was wrong. I made the wrong decision. I should not have left Ringo. Whatever's going on, Ringo's safer with me. He needs to be with me. I need to be with him. We were not supposed to go to Aruba. So the whole trip, like landing in Aruba became really colored by this feeling I had of we're not supposed to be here. This is the wrong thing. Like everything is a sign. If this, I mean, this is the biggest sign of all time. Like this was not supposed to happen. Ringo's not safe. We have to get Ringo back. And then from that day, it was like everything that happened over the next 48 hours was bad. (laughs) You know, you get in that energetic vibe where something goes wrong and then the next thing goes wrong and then the next thing goes wrong and then everything just went wrong. And that was like our arrival in Aruba just felt like it felt, felt terrible. There was not one part of it that felt like, you know, like the next day we go to the beach and I had a moment of just going to like dipping in the ocean where I felt like, okay, the ocean has me, you know, like nature here is also so special. I need to just connect with nature, get out of my head get out of all this stuff that's happening and just drop in here. But it was a really, really challenging couple of days. (laughs) And the hardest thing 
about this past week after the whole Ringo ordeal was over. I mean, this I, I don't think this will happen again. I think my brother is really, really, really cautious with Ringo now and will not leave him anywhere or anything. Um, is that I don't have my tea. I don't have my teapot. Like my tea practice is my most grounding, calming practice. I don't have my teapot. I left my fragile stuff in Sweden thinking that maybe I'll get a new teapot in Aruba. And I just, I haven't had, I haven't had that practice that I normally do of just sitting with my tea, which helps me ground so, so, so much. Everything just felt out of control, right? And then I don't know how many days ago, all of a sudden, it was like we were in a tornado of absolute shit. Like everything felt terrible. I realized that because I left Aruba two and a half months before my husband, what I was coming back to in terms of packing and organization and stuff wasn't really packed and organized. Like it it's a it's a mess, like the things we have left here. I mean, it's not a surprise. I love my husband, but he's not the most organized human being in the world. That's why we've married each other because he's laid back and relaxed and I'm uptight and organized. <laughs> That's why we work so well together. But all of a sudden, you know, two days ago, something just, it was like the whole energy shifted. Like there was this tornado of everything is bad and it's hard to get out of that vibe, right? When we get stuck in that. Even Dennis was saying like, he's like, I don't even know if I want to go biking. Like it feels like like I'm going to have an accident. Like we're in that place. We're just like Murphy's law. Like if something bad can happen, it's going to happen. Like we were in that energy for sure. And then all of a sudden something lifted, something shifted. I started taking yoga classes at our yoga studio at Island Yoga. And I haven't taken a class or been in a room, like actually at a yoga studio since I left. So it's been since April, since I was, you know, in a room with people like being guided by a real teacher. It's been so beautiful. Every day, 9.30, I'm on my mat in the shala. It's, and I'm reminded of how beautiful everything is. <laughs> and I have to crack up saying that because everything also feels so messy and so hard. And I don't know what we're doing with our lives. And being back here, we're automatically faced with, like, what are we going to do or if we are moving? You know, how are we going to sustain the studio here? And the studio is doing really well, like in almost two whole years of a pandemic and the studio, like the community, the local community to Aruba, it's, it's amazing. Our Island yoga team, they're just killing it. They're doing such a good job and being here, like the cafe, we have origin cafe, our vegan cafe studio. It's packed every day. We're super busy. You know, the studio is doing well. The boutique is doing well. And it's just like, my eyes are just open again to like, oh yeah, I have a life here. (laughs) I have friends here who've been like pissed off at me wondering like, are you just going to bail on us and move to Sweden without saying anything? Like I have been so out of sight, out of mind with our lives in Aruba because I left this shit show of mold. Like I didn't calmly travel somewhere because I wanted to go on a vacation for the summer. I hauled ass out of here. Everything was terrible when I left and I haven't really engaged with my life in Aruba since I came to Sweden. And then I just decided, I think, I I think we're supposed to live in Sweden now. And our whole lives in Aruba are like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) But like, you have, you have a life here. You have a business here. You have a yoga studio. You have a cafe. You have friends. You have people. You have a school. You have family. Like, what are you doing? And, and I have to just sit with that and go, I don't really know (laughs) what I'm doing. (laughs) 
And overall, I mean, I started this podcast saying it's been an overwhelming week. It's been an overwhelming week. And the beauty of this now that when I say I can sense this, this joy also underneath all of that, it's the same feeling of messiness I've felt all year, right? Of not feeling hundred percent rooted, but I can, I can sense now we have a long-term goal, right? And I know the long-term goal is going to be to live in Sweden and to be in Sweden. And also now we have fucking Ringo over there. We can't just stick around and choose to stay in Aruba for another five years. Like, no, Ringo's in Sweden. So it makes the, the commitment to that transition makes it very, very solid, right? <laughs> and the best thing of this week is I talked to an animal communicator. I spoke to an animal psychic about Ringo, which was in essence, I had a 90 minute conversation with my dog. <laughs> and then I'm gonna, it's, it's gonna be released as a podcast, not on my podcast, but on Jessica Lanyaru's podcast. If you don't follow her already, I highly suggest you do. Her uh, podcast is called Ghost of a Podcast. She has an astrology podcast that I love, and she's also an animal psychic. So I was like, can you help me talk to my dog and make sure he doesn't run the fuck away again? And she was like, yes, let's do it. Let's talk to Ringo. And I was a little bit skeptic because I've never spoken to an animal psychic. And the moment she started talking to him, like communicating with him, I knew it was him. Like she knew things. She's never met my dog. She didn't even know what Ringo looked like. Like she's not like a follower of mine or anything like that. She didn't know what kind of a breed an Italian greyhound look, you know, was. And just the things she knew and the way she communicated things from Ringo's energy, right? From his point of view was so spot on. She could tell me the shape, color, and texture of his favorite sweater. <laughs> he had a long list of things he's unhappy with at my brother's <laughs> and mainly he was just very anxious and wanted to communicate that I said soon, but this soon is, is taking a very long time. It's a very long soon. And he has a hard time trusting and really understanding when we're coming to get him or when we're coming back. And part of that is because my energy is really erratic around when are we getting him? Like, am I doing it tomorrow or am I sending someone to bring him here? Or are we waiting till December? Like, I don't know yet. And that he's just been very anxious about that. And that he's, <laughs> are you guys listening to this? Like this took a, this took a woo woo turn. <laughs> because for me, this is totally normal and hundred percent legit. Like this was the most legit. I mean, I, I've spoken to many psychics in my life. This was a completely like, like legit moment in my life. <laughs> Dennis is so skeptical. But also when I told him like all the details, he was like, Wow. I mean, she could tell me so much and that mainly he's anxious because he's worried about me. And this was something that I, I can really feel the truth of that. He shared that he really feels like his role in the family is to help me associate, um, that I spend a lot of time anxious and stressed and I'm in my head and I spend a lot of time working and I'm trying to figure everything out for everybody else. And that when I tend to his needs, like when I'm cuddling with him or being present with him or even walking him, like when I'm with him, I drop into my body and I'm really present and it calms me. And he feels like that's his job, like that's his role. And he's wondering now who's doing that when he's not there because no one else in the family can do that the way he does for me. And it's really true. Like I really, 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 really feel like that is his, 
that is what he does for me. Like he drops me into my body. He helps me associate, which grounds me. And he does that by being him, by being himself, you know, with his needs, the way, the way he is. And then he just had a lot of things to say, like, (laughs) like there's this jacket (laughs) that he really doesn't like, like, have being forced to put on this jacket is just beneath him. He wants me to throw this jacket away. It doesn't fit his style. (laughs) And I can, if you know Ringo at all, you know, like he's a very stylish dog. Like he's very regal. He's very, he's not arrogant. He's just a little better than everybody else. And he knows it like that's his energy. And it was like, I got to talk to him for 90 minutes about his preferences and how he was feeling and what he needs. And And he said, my brother's taking care of him and there's a lot of space, but he feels like there's too much space to roam. He, he, he needs to feel more protected and that he's really missing his sweater. He's getting cold, but my brother isn't putting the sweater on. And I asked my brother and he was like, he doesn't need his sweater. And I'm like, dude, he wears his sweater in summer. He's cold. Like he needs to wear his sweater every day, put the damn sweater on. And she could even describe like the shape and look and size of these treats that I give him. And he said, he knows the treats are there. He knows I left the treats with my brother, but my brother's not giving him the treats and he's really upset about, <laughs> about that. <laughs> she said that every time she does an animal communication session, eventually you end up talking about food and water because it's so important for dogs. And he also he also wanted to say that he really doesn't like that he has to share a food a water bowl with the other dog because the other dog is very slobbery and very messy. And the way he drinks water is just disgusting. And he really, really, really wants his own water bowl and for it to be in another room. And I told my brother this, I mean, my brother, he's so skeptical. Like he doesn't believe, he doesn't believe in anything, anything like this. He was like, okay, I'm going to like, just to entertain you, I'm going to give him his own water bowl. If he doesn't drink from that water bowl, I'm calling bullshit on this whole thing. And I'm like, I know he's going to drink from his own water bowl. I know he enjoys having his own space. Like he's very particular like that. And in the very end, she was like, is there something you want to communicate with him? And I said, yeah, I mean, he needs, I need him to stay safe. He cannot run away. You have to tell him he cannot run away. And she goes, he, he, he's confused by this statement. He doesn't agree. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, he says he's never, not once, he's never run away. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not true. He's run away tons of times. No, he's never run away. He's gone running, but he's never run away. Hasn't he returned on his own every single time? And then I think back and I'm like, every time he has ever run away, which for me is running away, he always, every time has come back on his own accord. It's never been like, we found him somewhere. Like he always comes back. And she was like, yeah, he's saying... He knows how to take care of himself. And sometimes when he feels really uncertain about a situation like that house, he wasn't supposed to be in that house. He knew that that was the wrong house. And he feels a lot of emotions and a lot of energy. He needs to run. So he, he's never run away. He always comes back. And he wants you to know that he's not going to get hit by any car. And he's, he's very safe. And then she said, but also, you know, he's a dog. So I would take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I mean, I was crying throughout this session, crying and laughing and just, yeah. And I think honestly, having that session with it, with her, I mean, getting to talk to him helped me calm down a little bit. I mean, it really did. And the next day, my brother is sending me all these videos of him looking really cuddly. And now he's going to get to wear his sweater and he's going to get his own water bowl. He's getting his treats. Like all this stuff is going to be okay. 
I'm just hoping that he doesn't sense this need to run because clearly, <laughs> clearly I can't trust him to not run. I can only trust him to not run away, right? Which, yeah, four hours done running, four hours running down a busy road is not really my, <laughs> my version of taking care of yourself, but you know, to each their own. So, uh, yeah, this is my week recap. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this storytelling. I hope you've really, really, really anchored into a place inside of you where you feel like you're taking good care and appreciating your animals. If you have animals at home. <laughs> oh, also to, uh, the lady told me that he, he has a little bit of pain in his bottom back tooth, which I believe because that what that's what the vet told me last time we went to the vet that his bottom back teeth need to be clean. His front and upper jaw is fine, but bottom back. I mean, this woman, how could she know that? She couldn't know that. I mean, it's impossible. And this is the weird of everything with animal psychic. This was the weird part. Ringo says, I need to get my eyes checked. <laughs> I told Dennis, yeah, I forgot. Don't, I have to make an appointment <laughs> at the eye doctor because Ringo Ringo said, I need to get my eyes checked that I'm squinting now when I look at the computer and I didn't use to squint. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go and get my eyes checked. And if I suddenly now need glasses or something, I will let you know. And uh, because this, that would just, I mean, it, having to wear glasses would suck. I, I don't think I would do great with glasses, but it would also be awesome that the reason I figured that out was my, my dog. So I'll keep you posted anyway have a really great week take really good care of yourself do the thing that helps you drop into your body <laughs> that's really my my big epiphany of the week whether that is time spent with and taking care of your dog like remember that the boring things we do to take care of our animals if it's like going for the walk you don't want to go on or you know taking care of their fur or giving them baths like the things that come along with puppy or cat or, you know, animal parenting that maybe isn't always fun. Being with them, taking care of them drops us into our bodies. And if you don't have animals, I hope you enjoy this show anyway, and that you do the other things that really help you associate, that help you ground. So that when we get all the crazy news of the world, whether it's the world around you and the news, or it's your life situation, like your dog running away or moving across the world or whatever is going on in your life, or if it's that internal current, right, of distraction or feeling uneasy or frustrated, that you don't forget that you have so many tools, so many practices, so many opportunities to drop into the body all the time. So don't have it be that one thing you do once a week, but several times a day, just come back, come back, come back. I really hope, I hope this is not arrogant to say, but I hope you listening to this podcast is part of that, that, that ability to just come back home. The fact that you listen really is for me. Thank you so much. I love you and I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And a big thanks to all of my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this show. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. And if you love the show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.